Welcome everyone to Kingdom Rock Radio. We pray that you will enjoy today's message. Now here's a sample of what you'll be hearing today. So there's no more record of your sin before God. There's no more record of it because Jesus has washed it. He has put it away. Where is the record now? It's in your head. It's in people around you. I know what you did. It's in the devil's filing cabinet. But before God, you are holy. You are just. You are justified. And that's the one you really need to pay attention to. If the whole world is for you, but God is against you, doesn't matter. You, it's not going to go good for you at all. Kingdom Rock Radio is an outreach ministry of Kingdom Rock Family Worship Center located right here in Bremen, Georgia. You can connect with us at our website at www.kingdomrock.org. And now, here is today's message. Hello, everybody. Welcome once again to another service right here at Kingdom Rock Family Worship Center. Wherever you are all around the world, we just thank you. Whenever you're, wherever you are and whenever you're listening or watching, we appreciate you so much and you're in our thoughts and in our prayers. Don't forget, you can always communicate with us or contact us at kingdomrock.org, kingdomrock.org. And while you're there on the website, you can always hit the give button to give into the ministry and support the work of Christ in this local fellowship. Thank you so much for your giving. It's because of people like you that makes it possible for us to continue. And we celebrate you and we thank you today. Amen. All right. We're going to go right back um, in this series, I guess you would call it. Don't want to call it that, but we've been talking really about Jesus being our high priest for the last couple of weeks. We're going to continue to do that today. Jesus as our high priest, really talking about his amazing grace, his amazing grace, talking about law and grace for a while. We're going to go back to Acts, the 13th chapter. Acts 13, and rehearse this once again, Acts 13, verses 38 and 39, and this uh, somewhat encapsulates what the apostles were preaching. And it says here, uh, verse again, Acts 13, verse 38, 39, King James Version, and it says, Be it known unto you, therefore, men and brethren, that through this man is preached unto you the forgiveness of sins. Through the name of Jesus, you can be forgiven. That's what we're preaching. Through the name of Jesus, you can be forgiven. Verse number 39, and by him all that believe are justified from all things from which ye could not be justified by the law of Moses. So if you believe this gospel about this man named Jesus, that you can have forgiveness of your sins, receiving that forgiveness of your sins, the Bible says in verse 39 that you are justified from all things. Having received God's forgiveness, you have now become justified. Now, the word justified there again means declared free from guilt of all things. Declared free from guilt. That's what God wants to do for us. And I'm so grateful for that. All right, let's go now to uh, back to Hebrews in ninth chapter, Hebrews 9. We're just going to walk this through. This is so wonderful. Some of these scriptures we were in last week, but we're going to bring them back up today and really just discuss them once again and make sure we get them in us. It's important as the day of the Lord approaches, as the rapture of the church is soon to come, as the snatching away, 
is soon to come, that we be ready for that. Remember, the rapture is not an escape, but it is a reward, reward for God's people. Those that have been clothed in his righteousness, uh, those that uh, don't have that unholy mixture of law and grace, but those who are standing in Christ and enjoying the freedom and the peace that he provides. I'm telling you, it's a great day for us. It's a great day. It's a great day. All right. Let's look at this again. Uh, Hebrews 9 verses uh, 11 and 12 out of the New Living Translation. It reads like this. So Christ has now become the high priest over all the good things that have come. Yes, he is. And it goes on to say he has entered the greater, more perfect tabernacle in heaven, which was not made by human hands and is not part of this created world. Verse 12. With his own blood, now I love that, with his own blood, not the blood of goats and calves, he entered the most holy place once for all time and secured our redemption forever. Jesus entered the holy place, the most holy place, the presence of God, God's throne room, once for all time and secure and secured, King James says, obtain, he, sub, he secured our redemption forever. Now, the word redemption, once again, means deliverance from the penalty of sin. Deliverance from the penalty of sin. I love that. Now, what was the penalty of sin? Well, the Bible declares that the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus. Sin, uh, the wages, or rather the, the penalties of sin was death and everything that came after it. So let's go to our board for a second. I, I have drawn a picture, if that's what you want to call it, of a car, maybe a minivan. And it has a tail on it. Some of you have seen those um, cars after someone has a wedding, you know, and they have those cans hanging off of the car. And, you know, it says the car says there's a, there's a picture on it or a writing on it that says just married. Right. And so they have all the cans and stuff that's going behind it. Well, when we sin, when man sinned, man got um, when man sinned, he began to carry a lot of baggage behind him. Sin was that first can. And after sin came death. And after death came sickness, or death brought sickness. Then, of course, there was disease. Uh-oh. Sickness will be, we'll say sickness, disease is one thing. Uh, then, of course, um, there is fear that came as a result of it and worry and stress and so forth and so on. All these came attached to man. All these were attached to man. So the Bible says that Jesus redeemed us. Or rather, it says once for all time, verse 12, he secured our redemption forever. Redemption meaning deliverance from the penalty of sin. 
So when Jesus delivered us from the penalty of sin, he broke the cord that was attached to us. Everything else fell away from the vehicle. He delivered us. It's no longer attached to us. Now, I'm going to keep this up here just for now, just so that we'll know what it is. I'm going to take a little bit of this. Just make it get a little bit more separation. I'm right, bring sin back up here. All right. So he delivered us. He detached us from this train. Sin opened the door for death. Death opened the door for sickness, disease, worry, fear, frustration, everything, poverty, shame, guilt, condemnation. All of that was a result of this root thing called sin. So when the Lord redeemed us, when he delivered us, when he obtained our redemption forever, it cut that cord. You got me? It cut away. So we can say by faith that the blood of Jesus, remember it says, with his own blood. With his own blood. Last week we talked about the flood of blood. So what redeemed us? Jesus through his blood. So we can say the blood of Jesus has redeemed me forever. Or I have redemption through the blood of Jesus. I have redemption through the blood of Jesus. And what did that redemption do? That redemption cut away or delivered me from the penalty of sin. It cut away. It cut away sin, death, sickness, worry, frustration, uh, guilt, shame. All of that was cut away. You say, well, why do I still feel that way? Well, remember, we enter into the kingdom of God by faith, by faith and our confession, right? If you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth, the Lord Jesus, you shall be saved. So we enter in the way we enter into all the blessings of God is by faith. So I can declare by faith that the blood of Jesus has redeemed me. The blood of Jesus has redeemed me. Jesus has secured my redemption forever through his blood. The blood has redeemed me. The blood has redeemed me from sickness and disease. The blood has redeemed me from worry. The blood has redeemed me from all fear. I have been redeemed by the blood of Jesus. I have redemption through his blood. Are you hearing me? So that should be your confession. I have redemption through his blood. I have redemption through his blood. Remember, we walk by faith and not by sight. So God said it. That is what I believe. That is what I believe. And that is what I confess. I have redemption through the blood of Jesus. Hallelujah. Now let's go to um, let's go to Hebrews 9. Hebrews 9 verse 13. I love this. So right away, we know from verse 12, we have redemption. That is our confession. I have redemption through his blood. Now, verse 13 says, under the old system, the blood of goats and bulls and the ashes of a heifer could cleanse people's bodies from ceremonial impurity. The blood of the bulls, goats can cleanse the outer appearance, outer appearance. Okay, now. 
Now he's going to compare the two covenants as we go on down. Let's bring this. Let me bring this to you. He said the blood of bulls and goats, those are the animals, could cleanse your outside appearance, cleanse your body, outside appearance. Well, that's really what religion does, right? Religion gives you a set of things to do. And as long as you do these set of things and then I see you do those set of things, then you say, "Okay, well, I must be cleansed. I must be okay with God because I've done these set of things. It cleanses your outside. Jesus said to the. Uh, to the scribes and Pharisees, it said, you are like whitewashed tombs. You look beautiful, clean on the outside, but inwardly you are filled with dead men's bones. The law could cleanse the outside, but it did nothing for the inside. All right. So it said here, it said the, um, the blood of the uh, goats and bulls and the and the ashes of an heifer could cleanse people's bodies from ceremonial impurity. Just think how much more the blood of Christ will purify our conscience from, from sinful deeds, or that is to say also dead works, so that you can worship or serve the living God. So the blood of Jesus works inwardly, right? And think about it for a moment. If someone's in the hospital... And let's say they have, they're broken out with all kind of some sort of skin disease. Well, the doctor comes in and he puts um, Band-Aids on all of those blotches. Is that going to solve the problem? No. That's an outward thing. But what needs to be done, somebody put him an IV in or something, right? And, and put the medicine through the IV so it, the medicine can circulate on the inside of his body. And then eventually healing the skin. Jesus goes to the inside. The blood of Jesus affects the, your internal, your inner self, your conscience, and then it works its way out to the outer. Right? The Lord said the same thing to the uh, scribes and Pharisees. He said, you, you guys clean the outside of the cup. You think you did something. He said, but if you clean the inside of the cup, if you focus on the inside of the cup, the outside will also get clean. So they were focused on outer things, outer things. The law focused on outer things. But Jesus says, look at the heart. He begins to cleanse you inwardly. And then the outside gets clean, too. Isn't that powerful? Verse 14 goes on to say, for by the power of the eternal spirit, Christ offered himself to God as a perfect sacrifice for our sins. Now, I want you to bring, bring something else back to you as well. This conscience, conscience, the Bible says that the blood of Christ will purify our conscience. We were there last time. I want to bring some other things up to you. The blood of Jesus, say with me, the blood of Jesus will purify my conscience. Now, it says, will purify your conscience from sinful deeds. King James says from, uh, from dead works. Sinful deeds or dead works. The blood of Jesus cleanses you. Now, it cleanses. If the blood is going to cleanse, that means that it's going to cleanse the conscience. That must mean that the conscience is defiled, right, or is dirty. The blood comes to cleanse the conscience. So the, the conscience, again, must be defiled or dirty. Now, what is it dirty or defiled with? Sinful deeds or dead works. Now, what are sinful deeds or dead works? That's when someone 
tries their best to be righteous. They stand under law and they try their best to do what is right. They live their life trying their best to do what is right, trying to be righteous in the sight of God by their own works. Right. God says that's a sinful deed. That is a dead work. So in other words, uh, when they when we continue to try to do our best to be right, all you're going to find is a guilty conscience because you're going to know inwardly that you cannot do enough right. You're going to know inwardly that you always mess up. You always uh, fall short. We'll say things like I got to do better. Or I've, I feel like I've done something wrong. I feel so guilty or I feel so ashamed. Sometimes we say, I feel like a bad person. I'm such a bad person or I'm not worthy or God is not pleased with me or I just can't get it right. I just cannot get it right. I just cannot live this life right. And often you will find that the conscience is the seat of worry, shame and guilt you just can't because, you know, you just can't get it right. We can stop doing this for a while, but we pick it right back up again. We keep doing it. We keep doing it. So the Bible calls that a dead work, because why? Why would it be a dead work? Because I'm trying to do right. Why was that a dead work? Because you're trying. It's bad because you're trying to accomplish something that Jesus has already accomplished. Through his blood, he's already purified you. Through his blood, he's already redeemed you. But we say, no, 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 I've got to do right. I've got to do right. I'm going to make sure God said that's a dead work. Why is it a dead work? Because it's something that Jesus has already done with his blood. Now, under the old covenant, the blood of bulls and goats, I mean, you, you, you had to struggle that. But Jesus said, no, no, I've already done the work. That's what makes our efforts dead. Because the blood of Jesus has already accomplished that. So let the blood of Jesus wash and cleanse your conscience from sinful deeds or dead works. And that is simply sinful deeds or dead works is simply a life of someone trying their best to be good enough before God. It can't happen. It cannot happen. If you want to be righteous by way of the law, that means that. Actually, you're already too late because you would have to be live a perfect life from birth up until the time you die. So the moment you say, I'm, I can do this, you've already messed up because you you need to go back and get a time machine and talk to yourself as a baby, I guess. And don't sin one time, not one, not one time. Who can do that? Only Jesus. That's why he's a perfect Lamb of God. You got me? So uh, let Jesus cleanse your body. Let him rather cleanse your spirit. Let him um, cleanse your conscience. That's what we want to say. Let him cleanse your conscience from those dead works. How can he do that? By you resting in the truth. What truth? That he's already done the work. That he's already done the work. There's something about man in our human nature. We always want, we really don't want to be in God's debt. We don't like to be in anybody's debt. We want to do it all ourselves, so that we can boast or brag about it. But the father didn't want this. So he said that, no, no, you're saved by grace, not by works. 
least any man should boast. He wants you, it pleases him that you be saved by his grace and not by your own human effort. You got that? Let's look at Hebrews 9.25. Uh, Let's go on a little bit further. Hebrews 9.25. Y'all getting this today? Hebrews 9.25 says this, and, he's, and, and, um, and he did not enter heaven to offer himself again and again like the high priest here on earth who enters the holy, the most holy place year after year with the blood of an animal. Verse 26, if that had been necessary, Christ would have had to die again and again ever since the world began. But look at this next phrase. But now, once for all time, he has appeared at the end of the age to remove sin by his own death as a sacrifice. Right? He has appeared to remove sin. To remove sin. Verse, I love uh, how the King James says it here. And uh, Hebrews 9.26, the latter part of Hebrews 9.26 says, Now once in the end of the world hath he appeared to put away sin by the sacrifice of himself. So Jesus put it away. He completely put away sin. Not only did he detach sin from you through his redemption, he put it away. He cleansed and washed you. He cleansed and washed you. So there's no more record of your sin before God. There's no more record of it because Jesus has washed it. He has put it away. Where is the record now? It's in your head. It's in people around you. I know what you did. It's in the devil's filing cabinet. But before God, you are holy. You are just. You are justified. And that's the one you really need to pay attention to. If the whole world is for you, but God is against you, doesn't matter. You, it's not going to go good for you at all. Are you hearing? Jesus entered the most holy place with his own blood once for all time. Once for all time to put away sin. Now, let's go to uh, Hebrews, the 10th chapter. Going to the next book now. Hebrews 10, or next chapter. Hebrews 10, verse number 9 through 17. I want to show you some things here. We're going to pop here and pop there. Because I want you to get these things in you. Jesus has done the work. So what we have been striving and forcing our way, trying to be right, trying to be right, trying to be right, standing in our own works, the Bible says that's a dead work because I've already done it in Jesus Christ. Remember, uh, the, the Bible says that um, the Israelites or Paul said he wished that Israel would be saved. He said, because I agree that they have a zeal for God, but they don't understand God's way of making people right with him. God's way of making people right with him is not by us obeying the law, but by receiving the gift of Christ. Receiving his grace. You got me? All right, let's look at this again. Hebrews 9, I want to show you this. Hebrews 9, this is also wonderful because it, the Lord continues to talk about the differences between law 
and uh, between rather law and grace. Continues to talk about the differences here. Uh, so Hebrews 9, or rather Hebrews 10, uh, verses 9 through 17, we'll get some of those. And it says this out of the King James Version. Then said he, lo, I come to do, to do thy will. Jesus speaking here, really. He says, lo, I come to do thy will, O God. He taketh away the first, that he may establish the second. All right. When Jesus came, he took away the first. The first what? The first covenant, the first agreement. He took away, what was that? That was what we call the law. Jesus fulfilled the law. He took it away. Now, this is something important. He took away the law. He took away the first covenant, and then he established the second. He established grace. Remember, the law came by Moses, but grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. So he took away the law that he would establish grace. Very important. Now, the law, again, was performance-based. God wanted to bless his people. He always wanted to bless his people. But under law, he could only bless them when they did something right. When they did good things, they got good things. When they did bad things, they got bad things. All right? That was the law. The law was the, the blessings of the Lord were directly linked to how they did things, to how they performed. The, let me say that again. The blessings of God under the Old Testament under the law, the blessings of God were directly linked to how his people performed. If they kept the law, if they, if they stayed righteous, the blessings would always continue to them, continue upon them. But the moment they messed up, the moment they sinned, then something bad would happen to them. Something bad would happen to them. That was the old system that was always the blessings of God or the curse was always contingent upon how the people acted, right? If they did good, then they, did, then they got good things. If they did bad, then they got bad things. Jesus said, I'm taking that away. I'm taking that away that he may establish the second. Now, under the old law, under the, under the law, the first covenant, again, they stood in their own righteousness, what they did affected how God treated them. Got that? What they did affected how God treated them. If they were good, they got good. If they were bad, they got bad. They were in their own righteousness. Jesus said, I'm taking that away. You're not going to stand in your righteousness. You're going to stand in my righteousness. And because we're in his righteousness, his righteousness is always good. Jesus is always good. He's always righteous. That means that the blessing of God can continue to flow to me, continue to flow to me because it's not me that he's looking at. He's looking at Jesus because I'm standing in Jesus. You got me? I'm not standing in my works. I'm standing in his finished work. Now, look at that. It says again, uh, verse nine, he says, then said he, Lo, I come to do thy will, O God. He taketh away the first, that he may establish the second. Now, what is this second thing that the Lord is establishing? Well, let's go to Hebrews 10. We're going to Hebrews 10 for a second. And let's look at verse 16. Hebrews 10 and verse, six, verse 16. So 
The Lord takes away the first covenant that he may establish the second covenant. Well, what is that second covenant? What is the second thing that he is establishing? Hebrews 10, verse 16. Let's read this out of the uh, King James Version. And it says this. This is the covenant. Wow, look at that. This is the covenant that I will make with them after those days, saith the Lord. I will put my laws into their hearts, not on stone, but I put it into your heart. And in their minds will I write them, look at verse 17, and their sins and iniquities will I remember, how often? No more. No more. Now remember, under the first covenant, they sinned, there was a remembrance of their sin, and they got cursed. God said, I will remember them under the new covenant no more. Not one moment. Why would he not remember them? How is that possible? Because the blood of Jesus would take them away. You got me? Now, Isaiah talked about this too. Look at Isaiah 43. 25 Isaiah 43 25 Isaiah 43 25 out of the New Living Translation says this he says verse 25 I yes I alone will blot out your sins for my own sake and will never think of them again so again under the Old Testament there was a remembrance of sin you knew your sin God knew you sin, the devil knew you sin, and because you sin, there was curse, death attached to it. But under the new covenant, the Bible says that the blood of Jesus is so powerful that it takes your sins away, and God said, I won't think about it anymore. I will completely remove it. Hallelujah. Now, let's go back to, um, as we begin to close out, uh, Hebrews 9, or rather Hebrews 10, Let's go again to verse number, uh, verse number nine, rather verse number 10, verse number 10. Verse 10 says, well, verse nine, it says Hebrews, I'll get it right. Hebrews 10, verse number nine says this. Then he said, lo, I come to do thy will, O God. He taketh away the first that he may establish the second. Verse number, now we understand that, right? Verse 10, by the which will, or in accordance to his will, we are sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. Once for all. We are sanctified. The word sanctified means to set apart as holy unto God. Set apart as holy unto God for his purpose. Sanctified. Now, we, we would do something like this when we were children. I haven't, haven't done this really as adults. But if there was food around, you say, I want that banana. You see somebody? So you would grab that banana. You lick it, lick it, lick it. You breathe on it. <laughs> well, that's mine now. So when other people saw it, they said, oh, that's yours. That's yours. That's right. I have sanctified it. I have set it apart for my use. You got what I'm saying? So the Lord has breathed on us. The blood of Jesus has been sprinkled upon us. 
we have been now set aside, set apart for his use. Now, the banana in my example had nothing to do with it. The action of sanctification was done to it. This has nothing to do with you because you believed in Jesus. The blood has been applied to your life. This has happened to you. The blood has happened to you. You've been sanctified because of the blood of Jesus. So we have to say that I have been sanctified through the blood of Jesus. So it says, by the which will, it was God's will to sanctify you through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once for all, to set you aside. Not sanctify you because of what you've done, but because of what Jesus did. You got me? The blood sanctifies you. Now, look at it. Here again, we're going to go a little bit further. Talking about differences again between law and grace. Verse 11, it says, and every priest standeth. Uh, daily ministering the off, daily ministering and offering oft times the same sacrifices, which can never take away sins. Now the standing here, standeth means a continual action, a never-ending action. They had to do this all the time because the blood of bulls and goats and and the ashes weren't strong enough to take away your sins completely or take them away at all. It couldn't happen, so they had to continually do this, continually do this, right? So it was a never-ending work. But verse 25, so again, the law is a never-ending work of trying to be right, trying to be right. It's never-ending. No matter how much good you do, you always know there's something that's undone. As a matter of fact, you can do something good very well, I mean, for a long time, and then do one thing bad and feel so condemned. So horrible. You can go to church and have a wonderful time in the Lord, but then something happened at home. You, you see something happen. I mean, some email, something on social media and feel just so horrible, so terrible. I've done something else wrong. And it's like it's like you were climbing a ladder. You were going up. You're doing good. But then you commit a sin or something terrible happens. And then it's like you fall all the way down to the bottom. Now you've got, now you've got to start all over again. Now you got to repent. Now you got to get saved all over again, you know, because, again, you're establishing that in you. This is all about you, how you feel. I feel poorly. I feel bad. So I've got to do this and that and the other. That is not grace. In grace, you climb the ladder and grace catches you. You don't go with grace. God, God said, I got you. And you simply continue to go on from there. His love catches you. He's able to keep you from falling. Are you hearing? So the high priest in the Old Testament, they had to do it every day. The work was never ending. The work was never ending. The work of, uh, is never ending. How many bulls and goats? Never ending. Verse number 12, it said, but this man, talking about Jesus, but this man, after he had offered one sacrifice for sins forever, sat down. On the right hand of God. Sat down meaning it's finished. It's done. It's complete. The work is done. The work of your cleansing and sanctification before God. The work that made you righteous before God. is finished. It's done. Now here's a statement. And then of course he sat down on the right hand of God. Meaning that God approved of this. This is it. Now. Here's a statement. You. If you are in Christ Jesus. 
You are just as righteous as Jesus is. That's a big statement. You are just as righteous as he is. Why? Because you stand in his righteousness. You stand in his righteousness. His blood has been applied to you. You are just as sanctified as he is because it's his blood that sanctifies. His blood is on our lives. So we can say, I am, I am as sanctified as Jesus is. I am as righteous as Jesus is. As the Father loves Jesus, he loves me. As the Father accepts Jesus, he accepts me. Why? Because I'm standing in him. Now, I can't make that statement if I'm standing in, I'm standing in the law. As it's all on me to be right, to do right. It just can't happen. But over in, over in grace, the Bible says, as Jesus is, so are we in this world. As he is holy, I am holy. As he is, as he is full of power, I am full of power. Remember, we are the body of Christ. We're the body of Christ. If your head has power, your body ought to have power. You know, it's the same body. Same body. Hallelujah. All right. So again, uh, verse 12 says, but this man, after he had offered one sacrifice for sin, for sins uh, forever, sat down on the right hand of God. Verse 13, from henceforth, expecting till his enemies be made his footstool. Verse 14, we'll stop here, for by one offering. This is what Jesus did for you for by one offering, one offering. He hath perfected forever them that are sanctified. Jesus has perfected you, made you perfect. He has made you perfect. Your spirit man, perfect. We can say I have been made perfect flawless before God without one single fault without one single flaw the blood of Jesus is so powerful that when it was sprinkled upon you when you received his righteousness it made you perfect it made you flawless without one single fault without one single defect perfection now I want you to see something here because there's a, a work that's been done eternally and there's a work that is being done here in time now it says here, he has forever, rather he has perfected forever them that are sanctified. The word sanctified is translated, it translated as a present ongoing event, something that ha ongoingly happens to you. A present ongoing event. Sanctified again is translated as a present, as a right now, and, a, and an ongoing event. I am perfected and I am sanctified and being made sanctified or I have been perfected and I'm holy and I'm being made holy. You got me? Let's look at this out of the Amplified Bible. It helps it, it brings it down even closer to us. It says here in Hebrews 10 verse 14, it says, for by the one offering he has perfected forever and completely cleansed those who are being sanctified. In other words, bringing each believer to spiritual completion and maturity. He's working it out in your life. 
Just like that example we gave a little while ago of the person in the hospital bed with all the sores on their bodies, the law puts, the law puts um, band-aids on them. But grace says, I have perfected you. Now I'm putting this medicine in your syringe. I'm putting this medicine in your bag and it's going all throughout your bloodstream and it is being, you are healed and you are being healed. You got me? You are cleansed. You're perfect and you are cleansed and you are being cleansed. A continual action because why? You're still down here on earth. This cleansing, this sanctification is, is, is ongoing. It is ongoing day by day by day by day by day. As God looks at you, you're perfect. You're flawless. And it only, it's only takes, it's only going to take a matter of time as we continue to walk with him for that that is done inside can be seen outside. Okay? Let's look at 1 John. 1 John 1. We're going to close out here. Our last verse of the day. 1 John 1. Let's look at verses 6 and 6, 7, and 8. And it says this, uh, the King James Version. If we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not the truth. Verse 7. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another. And the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. That cleanseth, again, is a continual action. Perpetual, continual action. It's like you're standing under a waterfall every day. I have been cleansed and I am being cleansed. I'm standing under a waterfall of his blood. Standing under a waterfall of his blood. It's continually cleansing me, continually washing me, continually washing me. Now, before God, I am cleansed. I am perfect. I am righteous because I stand in Christ. And as I walk upon this dirty, nasty, filthy earth with dirty, nasty stuff going on, I'm continually being cleansed. I'm continually being washed. I'm continually being washed. I'm continually being washed. As I make my confession before the Lord, remember confession as you confess your sins before him. And as you ask the Lord for forgiveness and as you repent of your sins, this helps to cleanse your soul, helps to cleanse your, your conscience through the blood of Jesus. It helps to get it out. Confession helps to get it out. You got to get it out of you. You've done it, now get it out. Yes, I'm forgiven. Yes, you are. Now get it out of you. Praise God. Now get it out. The work has been done eternally. Now when we step in something and we step in some poo, don't just keep walking around with it. Get it off of you. Get it off of you. Yes, you're clean. Now spray it. Get it off. Take off your shoe. Clean it. Put some bleach or something on it. Get it off of you. You don't keep walking around with it and you get it off you through your confession. When you talk to God about it and say, Lord, I did this. And when you ask him for forgiveness, and remember, you're not asking for forgiveness to be forgiven. You're already forgiven. You're asking for forgiveness to help get this stuff out of you. It's going to make you feel better. The father's heart towards you is I've already forgiven you like the like he did the prodigal son. When the prodigal son was away and he, he began to return home, the father saw him and ran to him with arms open wide. That's action of someone that is already forgiven. Already forgiven. The prodigal son started going into his speech. I've done this and I've done that. He was already forgiven. 
But it helped the son, the prodigal son, to confess it, to get it out. The father knows it's going to help you to confess it, to get it out. It helps you to ask for forgiveness. It helps you to repent of this stuff. It helps you to turn from it. So we, 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 we cannot neglect that as we continue, as we stand under the waterfall of the blood of Jesus. We are perpetually cleansed and made right. So I pray that you will take these truths and you take them into prayer with you and you confess these things. Confess that you are righteous in God. Confess what the blood of Jesus has done for you. Confess that the blood of Jesus has, has purified you. The blood of Jesus has made you whole. The blood of Jesus has redeemed you. You have redemption through his blood. That you've been sanctified by the blood of Jesus. That you've been made holy by the blood of Jesus. That you stand in the righteousness of Christ and not in dead sinful works. That the blood of Jesus has cleansed your conscience. Confess these things. Make them a part of your life. Remember you enter in into the kingdom by your belief and by your confession. If you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth, you're going to be saved. By the same token, as you believe in your heart what God said about you and you make confession out of your mouth and you're praying this, you're going to see this come to pass in your life. It's only a matter of time before this medicine surges through all throughout of you and you begin to see the results of what happened on the inside. You'll see them resulting on the outside. Praise God. Father, we thank you in Jesus' name for this time you've given us uh, to, get, to gather on your word. Lord, I pray today that your word has uh, been sown into good fertile ground and that it shall produce a harvest of change in our lives. Father, we thank you for what you've done for us through the shed blood of Jesus Christ. Thank you for giving your son to take away our sins. And Lord, we purpose to stand in his righteousness and not on our own. We purpose to stand in the covenant that you have provided. The covenant that you have provided. You've taken away the first. Lord, we purpose to stand in grace. That we may be secure in it and rest in it. Resting in the finished work of Jesus. We give you praise today, Father. And we release this word unto you. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, we pray that you were blessed and encouraged by today's message. Don't forget, you can connect with us at our website at kingdomrock.org. It's there that you can hear today's message as well as the entire series. So check it out today. Until next time, remember that Jesus loves you and so do we. Choose him as your Lord today. Only he can make a way. We'll see you on the next time.